Kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. 
this day. We thank you uh, for your presence here with us today, God. And we just pray and thank you for everyone that is here. We pray for those uh, that couldn't be here today, for those that are sick and uh, those that are in hospitals, those for wait, uh, that are waiting upon them. Lord, we love you. We thank you. God, you are so good to us, Lord. We just uh, want to pray for Brother Darrell as he comes and delivers your word today. God, help us to, to pay attention, to listen, uh, to allow your word to dwell in our heart. Lord, go with us as we continue this service. May you be lifted up. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
story If you have your Bible, let's go to Matthew again, Matthew chapter 5. We go through the book of Matthew on Sundays. Sermon on the Mount, and the title for the next, it was, uh, we started a couple weeks ago. The title page is what we call that, is the, is the impossible. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we started it, uh, introducing it. I did a long intro. I'm not going to do that again. But uh, Jesus talks about uh, one, two, three, four, five, six things. We're going to put those on the screen here in a minute. There is an outline on the back side of your announcements. You like to use that. But he's going to talk about six things in the Sermon on the Mount that to them in that day seemed impossible, and it still seems that way to us. What I want us to do is never look into the Bible and say, boy, that's hard and that's tough, and I don't think I can do that. And the truth is you can't do that. It is impossible. That's why, that's what God's for, right? If we didn't, if we could do it, 
then we, and I don't mean this facetiously, but if we could do it, we don't need God. But the fact is, we can't do it. We can't do it, whatever it is. And so God is the God of the impossible, but he's, Jesus is going to talk about some things that are impossible for us to do, to change on the inside, you know, to get to that. Well, for instance, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but that one where if somebody slaps you on the cheek, you turn and let him slap, slap the other cheek. How many men in the room, hey, that's easy. <laughs> no, I'm not going to slap you because I don't think you can do it. I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll, turn, you'll turn the other cheek. You say, yeah, that's impossible. No, it's not. But let's don't read the Bible. Here's what I do. I mean, I, I, I teach the Bible. So I read a lot, of, a, a lot of commentaries on the scriptures. What do others think about it? What have others said about it? You know what I've seen in common a lot is on the very toughest parts, they just skip it. You know, they just skip it. I'll give you an illustration. Most, most of you won't get this. But on this last Wednesday night, we were in Zechariah chapter um, we were in that book, and we were at a certain verse, and we were talking about the, uh, the vision that Zechariah had at night of the four horns and the four craftsmen. Okay, I read about six commentaries on what they thought that that meant. Uh, everyone commented on the four horns. The four craftsmen, there was nothing. Uh, my NIV study Bible has some notes at the bottom, and they commented on what the four craftsmen were. That's what I'm getting at. We, uh, when you get to that tough part, you just skip it, you know. Well, let's don't do that. We're not going to skip it. All right, all right. So uh, there's going to be some things that, that other people just skip because I, I can't do that. Well, let's don't be like that. Let's let the Holy Spirit work through us, change us from the inside out to do the impossible. So we're in Matthew chapter 5, 21 through 48. Not going to read that whole long text. Um, uh, we're going to look at two things this morning. Here's the list. Uh, it's also on the, on the hard copy you've got on the backside of your announcements. The six things that Jesus is going to talk about is murder. Well, along with that, we dealt with that the other week, was anger. Uh, adultery and divorce. We're going to deal with both those t t today. I'd rather not deal with them at all, but uh, instead of dealing with one and then the other, Jesus seemed to tie the two together, and so I'm going to try to get through all of that. And then oaths, taking an oath, uh, making, making a promise, and retaliation and love. And, and Jesus is going to talk about all those things, but he's going to get more in depth and more intense than what the, the disciples he's talking to are used to. They just, he's going to say things they've never heard bef bef before. I want to make, uh, this was part of the, uh, of the intro last time. I'm going to get through this really quick, but I want you to look at that list, and I want all of you to agree, at least within yourself, there's nothing on that list that somebody in this room doesn't wrestle with, okay? Nobody, there won't be anybody who doesn't have a problem with something, Okay. Now it may my problem won't be yours. Last week, last uh, or two weeks ago, on m m m murder, which the root of that is anger. 
uh, I can pretty much tell, I can, I can feel, I can feel the Holy Spirit at work. I don't care what you think about that. I can feel the Holy Spirit at work. I didn't think going into it when I talked about anger last time that we had as much of an issue with it as we do. You, you surprised me. And the Holy Spirit hit the nail on the head. There was a bigger nail head to hit than what I thought there was, okay? You're going to wrestle with something. You're going to have a problem with something. There's something in your life that the Holy Spirit needs to change. And what I'm going to ask all of us to do is be responsible enough, be mature enough to admit I've got a problem with that. I, I'm, I'm wrestling with that. And the Holy Spirit's talking to me about that. And so I want to be open to allow the Holy Spirit to change me because I need to be changed. I'm not just going to uh, skip over it. I'm not going to ignore it. I want the Holy Spirit to deal with me in this. First one, it, the, the next one on the list is, is adultery. We'll start in verse 27 through 30. I'm going to read this and then another text along with it that we're going to do every time, every week. 27 through 30, Jesus said, You've heard it was said to those of old in the past, You shall not commit adultery. But, see, I'm going to get deeper than that. I mean, I, th I think everybody knows that. You shall not commit adultery. But this is Jesus' way. I'm going to add more to it. There's more to it than that, okay? But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust, look at that word lust, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So as is common with Jesus, whenever he says something, he's going to often say, but I, there's more to it than that, all right? He's committed lust, adultery with her in her heart his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. What he's saying, we need, we need to work on this. We need, we need to work on this. Um, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Uh, having said that, for all the Christians who say they're Christians but don't believe in hell, you need to read that verse, okay? Next, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast, cast into hell. So we're going to deal with that in a second. Go back, and we're going to put this on the screen. This is not on your outline, but this is the section that we're going to kind of refer to every time and that's verses 23 through 24. So he actually says this before what we just read. Every, keep, keep your thumb there. Not going to change the screen. Everything on that list that we looked at, those six things are relational. It has to do with somebody. Okay, it's a relational thing. So everything we're going to talk about that Jesus talks about is relational, how we get along with each other. So here's the thought we're going to come back to every time. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember 
that your brother has something against you. So you're in a worship service. If you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, there's something in this relation that's not right. You remember that. Now, if you don't remember it, you don't. But if you do remember, if you're in church and, and the Holy Spirit's dealing with you and he brings something to your remembrance, that's not just you. The Holy Spirit's telling you, dealing with you about that. If you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first to be reconciled to your brother and then come back and offer your gift. Take care of it. Take care of it. Deal with it. If you remember, if the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance that there's something wrong between you and someone else, there's, there's whatever, okay, whatever that is, Deal with that. And the Holy Spirit is telling you, deal with that. This is important to God. This is important to God. And, and I found out in life that when the Holy Spirit is dealing with me and he's telling me to do something, he's, he's making it very plain, this is, you need to take care of this, you need to do this. If I don't do it, it's almost like hitting, hitting a brick wall. And, and my relationship with the Lord is not going to go on, not going to move on. And I'm not going to mature. I'm not going to grow until I deal with it. He doesn't, God doesn't just tell us stuff just to tell us stuff. He, he means it. And so he's bringing things to your remembrance for you to deal with. Okay, let's go back to adultery and the, the next screen. I hope you caught that. He said, not only, you know, do we know that adultery is wrong, having, having an intimate relationship with somebody that's not your spouse having an intimate relationship with someone who's not your spouse, okay? Everybody knows pro probably that, that, that that's wrong. He says, but I say unto you that, that if, you, if you lust after someone, that is adultery in your heart. So you see that the root of adultery is lust. This, this is important. What we're going to try to do is get down to the root of it to fix it within me, okay? I don't know how many times I've told people that, uh, that adultery is wrong. Does that fix it? No. It doesn't mean that much to them. How do you, how do you fix it? Telling, just telling people stuff <laughs> just doesn't, it's not enough. How do you do it? How can it be fixed? How can I fix myself with the Holy Spirit's help? The root of adultery is lust. The root of lust is getting. If you read James chapter 1, James chapter 4, ties the two together very well. You ask, you seek, you're working, you're striving, and you're asking, but you receive not. Why? Because you're asking to consume it upon your own lusts. So the root of adultery is lust. The root of lust is getting. This desire, so this goes a whole, this, this, this covers everything about lust. Not just someone, but sometimes the, the root of envy, lust, is the thing. Sometimes the lust may be towards someone. Sometimes the lust may be towards what someone has. I want to get that. The root of lust is getting. What's the difference between being in love and being in lust. What's the root of love? For God so loved the world that he gave. 
So what's the root of love? Giving. What's the root of lust? Getting. Exactly the opposite. How do I know that I'm in love or in lust? Because it's, do, am, am, I, am I looking at this relationship? Am I looking at them? Am I looking at that thing, at that person? Is it all about what I can get? Or is it about what I can give? If it's all about what I can get, that's lust. If it's about what I can give, but I, but I want to I, I wanna give, that's love. Love is giving. Lust is getting. So here's the, this is where the change, the, trans, the transformation comes in, is when the Holy Spirit begins to deal with us about uh, that change right there. Moving from person who's all about giving, self-centeredness, me, what I want, what, what you can do for me, what, what I want you for me. Or love is I want you for you. I want you for you. That's love. I want you for me. That's lust. So the, the change begins right there, okay? Now, every, every subject, I, I've, I've got to move on. There's so much to say. I'm trying not to get bogged down on one thing. I got bogged down on that more than I should. Every subject that we come across, we're going to ha- handle, it this, handle it the same way. Okay, when you come to church, if the Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance that there's somebody has something that there's a problem between somebody and you. You need to take care of that. If in your life there's been this issue of lust, you've hurt someone, you've used someone, your, your, your relationship has been all about what you could get from them. And this is just in every way. It's all you have you have taken advantage of someone. Okay? The Holy Spirit bring that to your your remembrance right now. This week, I believe the Holy Spirit's asking you to deal with it. All right? And it's going to be like, you can't move on until you do this. This is getting hard right here. This is getting hard to do. Someone has, you have hurt someone. You've used them, taken advantage of them. You know you have. You know you have. You don't need anybody to tell you because the Holy Spirit's telling you, okay? We're going to have a prayer time at the end and I'm going to ask you to come and pray about going to that person this week and making it right, okay? It's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Would you forgive me? Okay. All right. Now, that's the past. What I'm trying to do with all these, that's the past. We're going to get past the past. Okay. I, I did that. I'm guilty. God, I need you to forgive me. I want the person to forgive me. I'm going to move on. Okay. That's the past. I'm going to leave it in the, the past. Now, we come to the present what's what's going on right right now god am, am i guilty of that 
Am I that kind of person that, that I'm, I use people and I, and I want them for me? I'm, I'm, I'm a conniver. <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to figure out how can I uh, get this relationship and, and, and work it out for my best. It's all about me. Okay, this morning, right now, that needs to change. Okay, right here, right now, that needs to change in all of us. And there is the heart change where we move from getting to giving. Where I want, and, and, and it's the maturity to say, you know what, I'm not there yet. But I want to be. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm tired of life being all about me and what I can get. And it's not working out well. And my relationships are terrible. And I'll have a relationship that's going on good for a while, but it doesn't last. So of course it doesn't last because it's a one-sided relationship. If it's all, if it's all about you, there's not going to be a relationship that ever lasts. People aren't that dumb, okay? They're going to they're gonna get it that, that you are all about you. It's, it's kind of tough, isn't it? Because it's true. There's not a person in this room that hasn't had to grow out of that because when you were a baby, everything was about you. You didn't care about anybody else. All, all babies care about is that they feed and that they eat and they poop. That's it. That's, that's all you did. And you didn't care that anybody knew it. Somewhere along the line, it's interesting to me, I'm going to give the ages, and that uh, maybe I shouldn't, but I think it's maybe a little more effective. I've raised my children. I'm watching my grandchildren be raised. Uh, anyway, their age, it's, it's interesting to me. About, that pre, about the pre-teen and early teen years, if things go well and they're being trained, trained, and they're being taught, a child begins to change. And it, it, they begin to grow out of that, it's all about me, to it's some, now I care for someone else. Where it's all about, it's no longer all about what I get, but now they begin to look outward, look outward, okay, how can I give? How can I be a giver instead of just a getter? This is the truth. I, I'm not just saying this. I've thought about this. I teach this. I preach this. I, be, I believe this. There is no other Christian discipline that I have seen change Christians more than going from being a getter to a giver. There's a, there is a complete change in heart, mind, and soul. I don't know any other thing that changes a Christian more than that thing right there. For when you come, when you stop being just getting and you start to look outside of yourself, it's no longer about me, but I'm ready to give, okay? That will change you more than anything else that I know. The root of adultery is lust. The root of lust is getting. Lord, I'm ready to change. I'm, I'm ready for that not to be me. 
Okay. Divorce, uh, verses 31 through 32. Furthermore, and Jesus uses the adultery word here as he seems to tie them together a little bit. Furthermore, it's been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Okay? Just two verses packed full of really hard things. Divorce is, uh, I don't, I, I say this with confidence, nobody hates divorce more than people who have been there. Okay? It's one, of the, it's one of the hardest things that people have to go through. Okay? It happens. Mistakes were made. Uh, nobody hates it more than those who have to go through it. Okay? D- extremely d- difficult. Tears out your heart on both sides. All right. I'm not going to stay. I, I want to kind of make this as, as positive as I, as I can. And so let me just say right here, I'm going to go back and use the same scripture we used on the other one and we'll use on everyone. If you've been through divorce and you're here, uh, as the Holy Spirit brings to your, rem- rem- brings to your remembrance, as he, as he brings to your thought, is there anything between you and your ex-spouse that needs to be dealt with? Is there anything between you and your ex-spouse that needs to be dealt with and you haven't dealt with it? Okay? I, I, know, I know well. Things, things go so far, they cannot go back and be fixed. We move on, but that's what we're, that's what we're talking about right now is moving on. Is there anything that you need to go talk to your ex-spouse about? Is there anything you need to bring up? Is there anything you need to do? Now, I don't know who your ex-spouse is. And there could very well be some things they need to do. I get that and I know that, but they're not here. And you are. The Holy Spirit's not necessarily talking to them. He's talking to you. Is there anything you need to do? I'm, when we have our prayer time, I'm going to ask you to come and pray because this week I believe the Holy Spirit is asking you to go and deal with that and so you can move on, okay? Now, there's that. Tough thing to do. I get that. I understand that. But the Holy Spirit is leading you to get through and do the impossible. He's going to help you do this. Now, those who are married, not divorced, Div- divorce is still an issue. Okay, I mean it's. I mean it's there. You're you're married, not divorced. Work on your marriage. Okay, take divorce off the table. It's not what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to work on marriage and make this marriage work. Now, let me say this. I mean, you've heard stuff like that a lot. Marriage is work. 
The only thing you're ever going to do in life that takes absolutely no effort at all, it's going to happen no matter what you do, is what? You're going to age. That's it. You're going to get old. Nothing you can do about that, and nothing you can do to stop that. Everything else in life that's any good at all takes work. You've got to work on your marriage, all right? Didi and I, I, I asked her, I, I knew the answer, but I just checked. We're gonna, we're, we'll be married 42 years on the 29th. It takes work. If you think that your marriage is going to succeed on autopilot, every marriage in the room should know that's not true. It does not work like that. It takes work. If there's a married couple in the room right now who in their own heart knows my marriage needs some work. My marriage needs some work. And I'm going to work on it. My marriage needs some work, and I'm going to work on it. This is going to be very, I'm going to ask you to do a very, seems to me, probably a hard thing. But during our prayer time, there could be a husband and wife in the room who need to, you know, take each other's hand and come to an altar and pray and say, my marriage is worth it. We're not going to divorce. We're going to make this work. Okay? We're not going to divorce. We're going to make this work. And the Holy Spirit's going to help us. And I think the only ones who will actually do that are those who the Holy Spirit's working with right now. Okay? My marriage is worth it, and I'm going to do that. And there may be a person here this morning whose spouse is not here, but you feel that same way. My marriage is, is worth it. I'm going to come and pray about this. This matters to me. And divorce is off the table. With the Holy Spirit's work, we're going to make this work. The last one, the last part of that, is if you're single and thinking about that marriage is a possibility, which for all single people is not necessarily true. That may not be what God has for you. But if you're single and looking ahead and thinking that that marriage is a possibility, then I want you to pray about that. Here's the thing. I'm big on this marriage's lifetime. We've, there's been mistakes along the way. We've had problems along the way. But if you're single, I, I, I'm, I'm big on it. Marriage is lifetime. Nothing else is. I can get another job. I don't have to pastor here. I can get another job. I can get another house. I can get another career. I can get another car. I'm stuck with her. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't want another one. How does that go? Every wedding I do, I warn you, I ask for the old-fashioned vow. I don't care what else we do, but I ask for the old-fashioned vow. Do you take him or her? You, you remember how this goes? For better, for worse? For richer, for poor? Sickness and in health? till death do us part.
divorce is off the table. With the Holy Spirit's help, we're going to make this work. So, if you're not married yet, you can get another car, you can get another job, you can move, you don't have to live here, you can live wherever you want. But that spouse, if God has a spouse for you, is lifetime. And I want you to hear that, okay? And I want it to mean that much to you, okay? Ah, wow, we covered a lot, and I actually lived through all of that. I hope you did too. I'd like for the band to come on up. This is our prayer time. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand. I'm going to recount some of this as we get ready to pray. I'm going to go through this real quickly. But we get ready to pray. There's somebody in your life that you have done wrong in the past. And the Holy Spirit's bringing it to your remembrance. You use, use them. You use them to get what you want. And you need to go and apologize. You need to go and say two words, I'm sorry. But you need to come and pray about that. That takes some, a lot of maturity to do that. You need to come and pray about that. If, you're, if you know that you need to move from being just all about getting and move to being someone who gives. Hey, I need to grow in that area. That, that's, that's me. I need to do that. I'm, I'm going to step out of my seat and come and pray about that because I need to move from being all about getting. I mean, that's me, and I don't want to be that. I do not want to be that person. I want to I want to ask I'm asking this morning for the Holy Spirit to help me to be a giver. If you're here this morning you've been through a a, a divorce probably one of the worst times of your life. If you need to go back and make anything right I'm going to ask you to come and pray about that and then this week go and do that. If you're married and you want to take divorce off the table. And you need to, you know this morning, the Holy Spirit's bringing it to, to your mind. I need to work on my marriage. I need to work on my marriage. If both spouses are here, you may, may need to take each other's hand. We're going to work on our marriage. We're going to do it. We're going to work on our marriage more starting right now. If you're single and believe that marriage may be something that the Holy Spirit has for you, that God has for you, but you need to pray about that. Maybe there's somebody you're considering right now as a possible mate for life, and you need to pray about that. Is this the right person? God, is this who you have for me? Because I believe it's for life. And so, God, it's real important that you and I choose the right one. And I need to come and, come and pray about that. A lot of things to pray about, a lot of hard things. And this morning, I, I, don't, think, I don't think any of that, anybody's going to come unless they're serious. Th this is one of the more serious times that, that we've had. And when Jesus talked to his disciples, it was a serious time. 
This is too. So you're not going to come unless you're serious. But there's some serious changes that need to be made, some serious things that, that you may need to do. And you can't do it on your own. God, I need you. I need you to help me do the impossible. I need you to help me do the impossible. But I need help, so I'm going to come and pray. While the band plays, if you need to come and pray about anything that we've talked about as the Holy Spirit deals with you and speaks to you, we invite you to come.
has no sorrow that heaven can't you are.